0: Alright, good evening. It's uh, Thursday, June 13th, 2019. We're here at the Long Run at 2452 Sutherland Avenue. We're the Deadhead and the Engineer. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, deadhead.engineer865. We're here at the Bliss Corner at Trooper's Library. And um, uh, as usual, we have a lot to talk about. And so... uh, we have um, Elizabeth McCauley, who's a longtime friend, acquaintance uh, from back in the day. Uh, she owns Stoke Signal, uh, president, CEO of Stoke Signal, who's a, a local company here in town that uh, makes socks. Uh, so it, it'll probably be a little bit more exciting than just talking about socks, hopefully. Um, but we'll get to Elizabeth here shortly. Uh, actually, Ethan, she'll probably have a lot in common with you because she's an engineer. And so... So it's um, a deadhead and two engineers tonight. Uh, y- yes, it's a deadhead and two engineers. Uh, so that should be fun. Um, you know, I think Elizabeth has a n- neat story about how and why she started Stoke Signal. Um, so that'll be fun to talk to her about. Um, but we are... Ep- it's episode 18... Uh, and of course, you know, I have to have my moment for, uh, you know, the Grateful Dead, the Day of the Dead. You know, we, ha- we actually have a special uh, call-in today. I-, I think I told you earlier, I can't quite recall, um, we didn't have a very good morning this morning. You know, you bailed on, on the workout. It was, a, it was a rough hill workout this morning. Yeah, and I had, a, I had an issue with uh, some hamstring stuff. So that wasn't pleasant, um but you know we'll we'll run another day, so we'll meet again tomorrow and I'm actually trying trying to do that hill workout tomorrow uh, so i don't know that i'm going to have that i don't know that I have that gusto tomorrow um, but you know it is uh what i'm going to look back on today is and I think we were if I remember correctly, i think we i covered. Uh, I don't normally have anybody to talk to about Grateful Dead stuff because everybody just sits here and it's just kind of like, okay, let's just kind of go through the motions and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so six thirteen ninety three Last week, I think we were in... Ni- we covered 1991 uh, because it was a Bruce Hornsby show uh, or Bruce Hornsby was in the band at the time. Um, and I picked it in particular because I'm going to see Bruce Hornsby in a couple of weeks. My girlfriend and we got tickets to go see him at the Bijou. So this is, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, Bruce Hornsby is not in the band anymore, uh, but from Orchard Park in Buffalo, New York. Um, So my uncle, I I picked the song, me and my uncle, because uh, my uncle was, he's probably the most influential person I know in, in my Grateful Dead scope of things. And he's kind of uh, mentored me and tutored me along the way, if you will. Uh, So every time, you know, I hear me and my uncle, of course, I think of my Uncle Jack. And and he might be here on the line. Uncle Jack, are you there? I'm in. Nephew, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. How are you doing? You're with Ethan and uh, my good friend Ethan and my good friend Elizabeth McCauley. How are you doing? Good. Hey, Ethan.
1: Hey, Elizabeth. How are you? Good.
0: How are you? Good. I'm just chilling. (laughs) <laughs> You're just chilling, yeah. So we'll get, you know, me and my uncle, obviously, you know, it, it has kind of a – it resonates with you and I. Um, Rich Stadium that night, uh, it was me and my uncle, and then it went into Broken Arrow, which Phil Lesh – I don't know if you were at the Cap Center last night when Phil Lesh played with your buddy Yorma. You know, you've met yeah. Yorma a couple of times. So they did Broken Arrow last night at the Cap Center, and then they went into Tennessee Jed. So it's like I had a couple of ideas like well, – what do i pick do i go tennessee jed but i've done that before so i obviously you know i had to pick uh six you know six thirteen ninety three because they did me and my uncle 93 tell you probably weren't at rich stadium in buffalo in 1993
2: were you i was not at rich stadium but i was on that tour got to at giant stadium um you know not a great year for the band but not a terrible year
0: well, yeah, I, I, it, it wasn't 1984, so, and it wasn't 1994 either, and so... Uh, and it wasn't 77, <laughs> it wasn't 89, so, you know, not 90, but okay. Right, yeah, it wasn't 90, you're right. Uh, you know, if it had been a couple of days later, we might have been able to get, you know, 6, 17, 1990, you know, when they opened up with Eyes of the World, uh, Giant Stadium, which I I, I know Stadium, you I, were. I was at that show, of that course, show, I was there. Of course you were. Uh, Summer Solstice summer solstice and that Santa Circumstance that opened up the second set was excellent Um, Um, you know obviously you know there's so much to thank you for but I think first and foremost like you know you're an attorney by trade you know but you're a a drumming apprentice that you you know you're jamming out you know in bar gigs in Wall Street and uh, so tell us a little bit about your drumming experience sure
2: thanks Pat and thanks nice for having me on. You know, you mentioned Yorma and Phil. I did not go last night, but I went the night before. And just real quickly, I give it like a six and a half to seven. I think Yorma was not quite comfortable. So I hope last night was a better show for my friends. But uh, yeah, you know, I learned how to play drums in, believe it or not, drum and bugle corps when I was in uh, grammar school, and then played in a bunch of other drum corps, including a world champion, the New York Skyliners, in uh, 1975, 76. And then, you know, I had a set of drums hanging around the house and, you know, you go through parenthood and career and, you know, kind of banged around a little bit but never really got back into it. So I had a milestone birthday about five years ago and I said, you know, I'm going back to take lessons. So I hooked up, and I'm left-handed, so I play left-handed. Hooked up with a great, great left-handed jazz teacher. Went for a couple lessons and I said, I'm in. So, uh, yeah, since then it's been unbelievable. I played... I'll tell you how I got back into playing in bars. I said to our friends from Hella High Water, which is a band you know very, very well, Pat, yeah. that uh, if they knew anybody who was looking for a, a drummer, I was getting back into it. And one day they called me and said, hey, you're playing with us in September. I said, cool, when's rehearsal? And they looked at me and said, rehearsal? I said, oh shit, this is gonna be a high wire act.
0: Watch so your language, <laughs> please, watch your language. You oh, trying not sorry. to curse. Yeah, that's okay.
2: You're not allowed to say high wire?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on. So,
2: I played with them, and they gave me the set list two weeks at a time. Flash to today, I'm playing with them tomorrow night. They gave me the set list 15 minutes ago.
0: So... Right. Get, you know, get your act together, you know. I'm, jam-
2: I'm jamming to get ready.
0: So Excellent. anyway,
2: High water, then I played... Uh, my company has a couple of players. We put a band together. And uh, we've been playing all over the country. We do a regular bar gig on stone street and Wall near wall street where
0: you've been yep uh at route 66 now, there
2: yep we got a great picture of you up on our facebook page as the roadie 2.0 <laughs> and i must give your father a shout out since he's
0: our main roadie right he has a roadie shirt and that gives him access to free budweiser so he's very happy <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent it, you know uh, uh you know obviously yeah we've seen you know my my introduction to the Grateful dead was because of you uh you know I can't give you too much credit as far as like the running prowess goes I have to give that to to my dad obviously you've yep. run a bunch of new york city marathons and you know friendly competition uh but, but between your brother-in-laws you know tell us a little bit about your running experience like running how many new york city marathons have you run like 10 of them or something like that Back done 13 13 okay <laughs> lucky number 13 Six, lucky thirteen ninety three. there you go and I got the knees to prove it
2: I had torn meniscus both knees so but shout out to your dad he's a great runner and you come by it naturally so I would always compete against your dad in like local races uh the marathon so as you might remember there's a great race Buckley's to Kennedy's
0: which yeah or didn't I win that lifting. one year did, did I win it one year
2: you did win it one year yeah um I'd never won it, but I was going to beat your father this year.
3: So I had a tie-dye shirt on, of course, and I, I had a Pat.
2: I had him. And about the four-and-a-half-mile mark, which is on a bridge going from Brooklyn to Queens, he caught up and slapped me in the backside and said, here comes your worst
3: nightmare. <laughs> and we were neck and neck to the end, and don't you know we beat me. Well, I'm, re- I'm going to try that next
0: Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday, <laughs> next Thursday the mile. <laughs> Yeah, so we have a big thing coming up next week, and you know uh, that that y- you might have just spurred Ethan on to like a new thing. I did that one time when I was in high school with a competitor, and it didn't go over too well. Um, but normally, we, we start the show um, and we ask everybody what's on tap. And so, uh, you know, since we have you here, I'll ask Ethan first. Ethan, what's on tap? I'm uh, back to Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Out of Michigan. Out of Michigan, okay. Uh, Elizabeth, what's on tap?
1: Um, I'm drinking the Highland Brewing Seasonal List.
0: Laundry List. In a, de- wander- in a Deadhead and the Engineer Koozie. Wander- Excellent. Uncle Jack, what's on tap, man?
1: I'm drinking a
2: Flagship Summer Ale. Flagship is a great little brewery near the Staten Island Ferry. Uh, it's a little too weedy for me, in all honesty, because I'm not a big fan of the wheat beers. Um, in my old age, I tend to like porters and tend to go with, uh, you know, more malty kind of beers. So I like the German beers. But, you know, it's summer, it's If you
0: got to support the locals. Hey, so. right, exactly. I'm drinking Modelo, uh, our sponsor here. Stoke Signal, Elizabeth Macaulay brought some Modelo, so I'm drinking Modelo. Uh, it was so good to talk to you. Um, you go, the not go, go home, or you're at home, listen, <laughs> kick back, you know, working on your set list and listen to a... You know, there's probably much better versions of Me and My Uncle from, you know, outside of 1993. Um, find one, listen to it, and then we'll have to talk again soon. There are no bad
2: versions, but i got a quick interview question for you if you can answer Who wrote Me and My Uncle?
0: Uh, uh, Willie, Willie Perkins? No. Is that...
2: When you hear this, it was John
0: Phillips from The Moms and the Papas. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs>
2: in 1963 drunk with Neil Young Stephen Spills and Judy Collins
0: well there you go alright you know, that? yeah, boys the, you stumped me <laughs> have a great right. night we'll talk to you again you too. Thanks, thanks for me phone in I appreciate it love you man see you bye bye uh, bye love you too well there well, you go when that's on Jeopardy next tomorrow I'll, <laughs> I'll get it right seriously uh, so obviously that was probably too long that I talked about The Grateful Dead Um, But, you know, it's not that often I get to talk to my uncle. And so, um, yeah, so I'm not going to apologize for it. So (laughs) I got to talk to my uncle about me and my uncle from 613, 1993 in Orchard Park, Buffalo, New York. Uh, But again, like we said, we're sponsored here tonight by Stoke Signal. You can find them on StokeSignal.com. Elizabeth McCauley is their CEO and president – uh, Stoke Signal is a Knoxville-based sock brand focused on creating highly functional socks for endurance athletes. I asked for like a sentence or two. She gave me like a half a sentence, and so that <laughs> thats seemed, efficiency. Uh, I yeah, like that. so like like, keep it short. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that short, but um, you know. So we're going to have Elizabeth sit in here for the rest of the night, and uh, I think first and foremost, you know, uh, starting blocks is we got to talk about next week yeah so uh well first um here at the here at the store on
3: Saturday, we're doing an orange mud demo run uh so it's gonna be between eight and ten ish probably maybe uh, a little later if people are still around and we got a whole bunch of orange mud uh hydration packs bottles and stuff people try out go for a run and see see how they like them. um so that's so Saturday. Is orange
0: mud like i mean is it waste packs or is it it's like uh they stuff? do
3: some handhelds, but it's mostly like uh uh,
0: back. Oh, back. Know, okay. So they're
1: like shoulder packs, so they're, and they're kinda, they kind of they, they okay. ride high. Right. They ride high.
0: Like that, that other company bounce. that does backpack stuff. Uh, we don't. We don't want to mention that company, but so, yeah. So so yeah. so
3: the nice thing about like like Elizabeth was saying with the Orange Mud, their big thing is their packs ride right higher higher on your back, so it's supposedly less stressful on, on your back. Oh, mm. Excellent. From from people who I can't really wear things on my back because I get knots. But we've got very good good reviews from people. Okay,
0: well that's cool, left. and that's so at uh, on Saturday. Saturday, at starting at eight. At eight. Yeah. Okay, so eight to ten or oh, you gonna have a rep here for it, or is it just kind of? Uh,
3: no rep, but uh, Mary Mary Kate's. Um, I don't know. If, uh, you know Mary, she's the amb- she's an ambassador for it. Okay, she's gonna be here. Cool, cool. Um, and then the obviously the big thing next Thursday is uh the. The mile race. Yep. The Hal Canfield. The Hal Canfield mile race down on Sevier Avenue, uh, Southside. And I guess we're going to do a, uh, a live or a, uh, a yeah, show, I a show we'll, from yeah, there. Live I gig for I'll, us, i I'll, I I'll, I'll have to pop out for four and a half minutes yep, and uh, yep. run the race. And then maybe you'll get someone to sub in for so, me. So, yeah, I'm still and, working
0: on someone to sub in. Obviously, you know, uh, it's going to start – I mean, you know, you, you put together the course. So it's going to start and finish in front of South Coast um i talked to chris a little bit today so we're trying to figure out um you know how to work that out but uh we're still working out musical guests uh we won't we won't rag on our musical guest that bailed on us here just a little while ago and so he may or may not be out there next week um but you know it should be a good time so that be a good time on thursday night and yep. then uh thursday july
3: 11th we'll have another uh I guess uh show away from the store will be at West High School and that's the Thursday night at the track. Yep. And again that's uh it's an all comers track meet. We have events from one hundred meters all the way up to five K and it's ten dollars um for any as many events as you wanna run and all the proceeds go to the Tennessee club running team. Right. So you can you can register online or come by
0: the store and register here. So I mean the w- the way that things have been uh over here, you know. Weather-wise, the last couple of days... I mean, heck, the last, like, two weeks. Oh, it's been incredible. You know, it's been unbelievable. And so, you know, I spoke to someone today, a friend in Boston. um, You know, it's raining there, but it's like, you know, he asked me, like, is it hotter than hell in in Tennessee? And I was like, not really. You know, it's been comfortable. And so it's made some of our mornings... um, Much more pleasant. Much more pleasant, yeah. I mean, we're still sweating our tails off, but... um, you know, it, it takes like three miles for me to get soaked instead of a half mile. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, by the, by the time we get done, it, it's unpleasant. But to start, at least it's, it's been it's been fun. And so, uh, you know, now that we got, you know, that stuff taken care of, uh, you know, it's nice to welcome in Elizabeth McCauley. I'm Elizabeth, welcome. good to have you here. Hey,
1: guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, so obviously, you know, CEO, president of Stoke Signal, um, I probably should just take a step away since, you know, you can have a, probably a more productive conversation with Ethan <laughs> since you're a, engine, you're a biomedical engineer, uh, but obviously we were teammates a long time ago. This is way before like UT merged things, and so we were kind of teammates but kind of not teammates. Um,
1: I think we were more drinking
0: buddies were we, were we drinking buddies? I think we might have been I don't recall <laughs> drinking that much when I was in college I probably should have had, you know, I should have drank more But uh, it's good to have you here uh, Tell us a little bit about your background And, you know, um, you know what you got going on with Stoke Signal
1: Uh, So, like you said, uh, my background is a biomedical engineering major at UT. Um, Still an engineer by trade, I work for a small company. We have a mechanical testing facility out in Rockford, Tennessee, out in Blount County.
0: Blount County. Blount
1: County. So, uh, Stokes and was is kind of like a a hobby. Um, I run it out of my house, and um, it kind of started in 2013, 2014. Um, I was looking for a reflective sock, and back then, reflective socks were really only cotton socks with 3M reflective tape kind of ironed on, so that tape was either going to fall off or crack or, you know, so it wasn't going to last, and then you're also, you have to work out in a cotton sock, and who wants to do that? So that's really what started me down the path of starting Stoke Signal, was creating a reflective sock that endurance athletes... You know, runners, cyclists actually want to wear.
3: So are, are all the Stokes Signal socks reflective?
1: They aren't. Uh, I learned during the process that reflective socks are kind of a niche item. So uh, during the process, I kind of created a, a regular sock to go with it, you know, a non-reflective sock. Uh,
0: you know, I think it's, it's uh, I guess, I'll backtrack a little bit. Obviously, you know, the first time we met, which, you know, I I, frankly, I don't remember it, you know, because it was such a long time ago, Um, but you're local, um, which obviously makes it, you know, um, I don't know what it makes it, but yeah. So I went to high school at Carnes. Yeah. yeah, No, Carnes. Like, so we'll just keep making fun of like, we'll just keep going that, you know. So yeah, Carnes
1: Beavers. Yeah. Come from Knoxville, you know, as a distance runner. You know, got recruited to run UT, so...
0: Back... Yeah. yeah, so... Let's... Let's... You know, we're kind of brushing over it, but mm-hmm. obviously we're, we'll get to the, you know, the punchline, if you will. School record holder for the 3,000-meter steeplechase. Back... Former. In, well, yeah, but barely... So... <laughs> so I look, you know... With a
1: graduate student transfer.
0: Yeah, and so Mintu ran, you know, ten twenty seven twenty, Almost... 18 years ago, you ran 10:27.65. So I'm, I'll 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 so, toot your so horn a little bit here. So there's still only one one UT runner who's run faster. Uh, that's, that's it. Yeah, wow. that's it. And not has not had a better finish at the SEC's championships. I mean, in in 2004 in Louisiana, you split up a monster group of Arkansas women. Like they went one two like. Four, five, six, and you were third. Uh, you ran 10, 36, 39. Yes, we can still find results for those things. <laughs> and like this was at the beginning of, and Ethan and I were talking about this on our run this morning. We were both hobbling along, finishing up. Um, that was at the beginning of women's steeplechasing when it wasn't like a big thing then. Like you could have run the 5,000 to the 10,000 and you did that, uh, you know, but obviously you had some success. Uh, I think the last time I was in the complex, like, they had, like, a picture of you, like, <laughs> plastered on the wall. Yeah, hopefully um, they give
1: that to me when they take it down. Yeah,
0: they should. <laughs> uh, and so, but then, you you know, uh, you followed up the ne- the next year at Vanderbilt in Nashville, and you got – you were, you were SEC runner-up. Uh, and then you set a school record at 1027.65, which has been barely broken. And granted, Mintu ran 10-13, thereabouts, when she was at Boise State. Yep. But the fact that, you know, you were kind of at the forefront of women's steeplechasing, like, back in the day. Did you – when you were in high school, did you think that you were going to be a steeplechaser? Like, did you run hurdles?
1: No. Well, I, so I ran the hurdles one time in, like, elementary school. And I figured out – so I'm, I'm kind of short, you know, it's not a short person's game, hurdles. So, you know, that kind of put that in my mind and, you know – Kind of slow when it comes to sprinting, <laughs> so it's like maybe distance running is my thing. And uh, so it, yeah, it was brand new. I think my senior year of high school was the first year for uh women's steeplechase, unless you lived in New York. I think they had it in yes. New York, new, yeah.
0: New York, new York has the steeplechase all the time, okay, yeah. As far as like internationally, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, brand
1: yeah. new event, like they were still trying totally. to figure it out. Um, they were playing with, like, the, the pit distance, you know, standard pit distance is 12 feet. Yeah, I um, remember that
3: when they were trying to shorten the, the pit distance for the women's hurdles. Yeah. yeah,
1: so they they shortened it to 10, but depending on what meet you were at and what their facilities were like, you could have been on a 10-foot pit or a 12-foot pit, so they just kind of scrapped it, and they were like, we're going to run on a 12-foot pit and be done with it. So,
0: but so yeah, they were still yeah. trying
1: to figure all that stuff out.
0: So, obviously, you know, you had success there. Uh, you know some of those teams that you were on or a part of with uh, you know Coach Clark I mean yeah I had some amazing yeah.
1: teammates I, yeah, mean, I mean I still talk about them today I mean they were world class caliber runners
0: yeah I mean you know uh, yeah, yeah there
1: are 800 crew is I'm going to say best in the world
0: <laughs> probably <laughs> at that Nicole, time Cook, yeah between Camisha Nicole Bennett, and Kamisha, and yep right
1: Leslie Trehearn who else is there
0: I don't... Yeah, Never you know. Was yeah. Right. There was a, but I yeah. mean, between Camisha yeah. and Nicole... So much for remembering your teammates, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but no, obviously, it was a fantastic group of women at that time. I mean, you know, at that time, you know, the men's and women's team were still kind of separate. Like, you know... Oh, yeah, they were we very separate,
1: yeah.
0: You know, we weren't a combined program at that at that point. Um. But obviously, you know, even, you know, we're you know where we are today obviously you know I don't there was obviously no disrespect I mean of course you know you you kind of looked at what the women did and you're like well hell like you know they're sitting world records at in relay meets and who's running this school record and who's running a you know so it was obviously um I guess for where we are now it was it was a high point <laughs> very different one of the high points uh you know as far as uh you know Tennessee track and field goes on the women's side and obviously I mean you know the women have been good you know since the 80s and so but that was kind of a high point you know obviously you know with with uh you know four by eights and 1500s and yeah we won
1: the national championship in indoor won, I think in yeah, five indoors. we won SEC yep. cross country a couple of times and it was there yeah it was a it was a good time to be a runner Sharon Very was running well obviously yeah, Sharon was on fire and
0: so uh you know someone that you know, we know well. Brooke was running well at Brooke that was time. Running well. yeah. was running
1: well. <laughs> yeah. was running well. We had, uh, we had Lindsay Hyatt, who was a transfer. Right, from transfer. From Stan- like we had a who transferred
0: team, from Stanford right? to Tennessee? But you know, she did, and uh, she ran well, uh, obviously. And so, um, you know, obviously, your time spent as a runner, and then somehow you segued into cycling. So, how did you get into cycling? For, for, you know, from being a runner for all those years.
1: So, that's actually a really common uh, transition. So, when I got done at UT, I ran for a little while after college, but I didn't move away from town, so I was still running in the same places, same routes. And that's really difficult when you used to be fast. (laughs) (laughs) So, I was like, all right, I need to do something else. Patrick doesn't know
3: anything about that. (laughs) I don't know anything about that, yeah.
1: Bothered me. Uh, so I was like I need to do something else so I had friends who rode bikes my dad was a cyclist um, and actually bought me a bike so um, just started transitioning starting going on group rides figuring out where to ride in Knoxville found some friends and your dad was a
0: mechanic at bike zoo, wasn't he? he yeah
1: he worked at the bike he was not a mechanic they okay. would not let him work on bikes oh, okay. <laughs> right. he did work at the bike zoo
0: okay <laughs> Yeah, to cut
1: it's uh, a. Yeah. No, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's a it's a really social sport, which is what's really nice about it. You can have people of all different abilities on one ride, and nobody's really struggling. So you know, the fast people work at the front. You know, the solar people hang out at the back, and it's super social. You have conversations. I mean, you're out there with you know these people for four hours, so you get to know them really well.
3: It's a
2: long uh, time.
1: Yeah. So
3: we have we have something in here about the the dirty, kanza kanza.
1: Yeah, dirty kanza. Um,
3: which is a, it's a really, I mean, I'm not any, any kind of cyclist, but I know about it. It's like a, a long gravel, big gravel race. So yeah. what, what's, what is gravel racing and what pulls someone into gravel racing?
1: Yeah. So gravel racing is kind of, it was kind of on the, you know, the lowdown for a while, but it's kind of the next big thing right now. So, you know, what a lot of people are looking for when they go do a bike event is just something epic really like they want to be able to tell a story they want to go someplace they've never been see things they've never seen and just go on some big crazy stupid ride and so dirty kansas really fits that bill uh it starts in this tiny town in emporia kansas um the entire town comes out for this event event really? a huge deal they love it um and i think this year between the three event three distances they have a 200 mile race which is the race i did a 100 mile race and i think a 50 and over those three distances, they had nearly 3,000 cyclists. Wow. So, the 200-mile race is actually a lottery, so so many people want to do it, they have 1,200 slots and they just pull names.
3: Is it all on gravel roads, or are so there it's trails and roads? all gravel. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, yes. when you go out in Kansas, and especially when you go out west, there's tons of just dirt and gravel roads. We have some of them here. If you go out to the mountains, like the Sitico area or Teleco, we have that here, but Um, We were in Telico a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, we didn't run run any gravel roads though, but I can um, send you
1: some. I can send you on some good ones.
0: uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if my hamstring could handle it. (laughs) But obviously, you had a fantastic ride. Was it two weeks ago?
1: Um, So we put you on the spot now. First weekend of June. Yeah. You
0: know, 12 feet overall female, which I was alerted to this uh, by a good friend. You know, you're our, I think, second cyclist. Second, you know, two weeks in a row. Last week had we had John Crow. So branching, branching Mm -hmm. out here. Yeah, we're branching out. We're not just doing you know geeky running stuff. And so, um, park geek. You know, yeah, well, yeah, we're all geeks. And so, um, overall, twelve female. Yep. Amongst a lot of professional, you know, cyclists, bikers, whatever you want, you know, however we want to be labeled
1: yeah yeah it's it's a big race so a lot of professional cyclists come out to do that race it's kind of their kind of like social um regular person reach out event regular so it's like regular people spend
0: 14 (laughs) almost 14 hours on a bike just kind of hanging out for 200 miles
1: um yeah i mean weekend warriors yeah i'm not
0: weekend i'm special are those (laughs) like is this like a hobby (laughs) jogger thing because we we often discuss this in the morning you know hobby joggers Obviously, you know, are you are you training for something? Are you not training for something? We know your boyfriend, Dave, with, was. Uh, we don't know. Dave, do you still cycle big time these days? Not as much. You need to get back into it. No, you need to. You know, so Dave needs to get back into it. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's it's, it's a high-level event. And so...
1: Yeah, so it's, 14 hours isn't slow. Uh, I think the women's winner did like 12 hours. Um. You know, the cutoff's like 21 hours. So you got between so like 12 hours and 21. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: they let everybody in. It's like, <laughs> Ethan and I could probably get on a bike and, you could. and you figure could it out.
1: You could do it on a tandem. They have tandems out. Yeah, them.
0: I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I think my, uh, the, the tires on my bike are completely flat. My most so. recent bike purchase is actually uh, officially
3: a gravel bike.
1: Yeah, you got a so, good choice.
3: But I haven't. It's a, it's a touring bike. No but I haven't actually
0: taken on a tour yet. You know there's such a thing as a gravel bike?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the whole new, oh, this whole new a, deal. This
0: is a whole other realm <laughs> of conversation that we have to have.
1: Well that's the cycling industry. I mean, if there's a new race or new something, they will make a bike for that specific really? event. Oh yeah, because people will buy it. What? So a gravel bike is basically like a drop bar mountain bike. More uh, or less.
0: Like We've gone silent. I have no idea what you've <laughs> been talking about. So, I do. I could, I could talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, John you know, have because I have yeah. no clue what's going on. Yes. So,
1: basically, what you're looking for is it's a bike that has a little bit more tire clearance than a road bike. Um, so, you're kind of mixing, like, the wider tires with, like, the aerodynamics and the position of being on a, know, a road bike.
3: So, so uh, a, when we when we go tailgate, I'll show you my, my newest bike, because I, I ride it out to tailgates because I can put a lot of beer on it.
0: <laughs> well, that that makes more sense. Now you you've you've, you've lured me back in. Now uh, yeah. Now I get it. Um you know, it's how do you, you know, I guess from a standpoint of just someone who's you know, no pun intended, once a runner and now you're a cyclist and and you know, whether whether you whether you think you are or not. I mean, you compete at a high level. Uh, and you you know you own a company and you still have a regular 9 to 5 job like how do you manage all those things uh, being able because I, you know again um, there's a lot of backtracking but I think the, the thing that um, which thank you for the socks you delivered them on Tuesday was it Monday or Tuesday Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm wearing them tonight and I wore them on Monday or whatever Tuesday or Wednesday on my run the thing that's unique about your company is you deliver the socks on your bike and you so it's like you know like of course uh, you so know, you go online, you order your sock on, socks online,
3: yeah. and you'll come actually deliver them on your bike. Maybe one day they'll be here at the long run. We're in negotiation. Yeah, right we'll now. see. We'll
1: see. We're pretty picky. Uh, yeah, so that's actually one of my favorite things about um, the company is if I can deliver your, your socks by bike, I'll definitely do that. Um, I've delivered all over Knoxville on bike. I've delivered to a house on the top of the foothills parkway from my house by so it's like a 60 mile ride that's
0: pretty far um
1: i make at least one trip to the the main post office on my bike per week um so if i can't like stuff it in my mailbox at home i if i have to take it to the post office i'm usually going by bike Um, so it's just a really fun way to kind of mix up my training schedule so find new roads Figure out new parts of Knoxville. Yeah, so yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of. It's Knoxville. a very
0: interesting concept because obviously you know, there's probably no no other company that does that where the you know the CEO and president is delivering, you know, the goods. You know, <laughs> and when you told me like you know I, I think I was, I don't even remember what I was doing on Tuesday, but, uh, you said you know you're gonna be home and I was like well I think I'm gonna be out like. I was doing something you know I think I might have been uh fixing Valerie's garage or something like that and you're like well I'm gonna drop off the socks um in your in your mailbox and then when I got home like I had a couple pairs of socks and a koozie there you go (laughs) you know which was even better and so you know it's a really neat concept um you know it's it's uh obviously not one that exists probably anywhere else you know I don't think too many CEOs and presidents are, like, biking around delivering, you know, goods. Well,
1: we do have the, I get the the bonus of, I don't have a ton of orders that go out every day, so I can kind of pack them into a bag and and take them off somewhere. Um, But, you know, it's always nice to be, like, to make your carbon footprint a little smaller, too. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not climbing in my car to go to the post office, can kill two birds with one stone, get in the workout, you
0: know. Well, so I got a ass. kick out of it because it was addressed, it just said PG <laughs> and then had my address and so I thought, well, that's pretty neat and so, um, you know, I don't know how you address it normally, you know, all the time with, you know, future orders, but I know, hopefully, you know, with future orders, it'll all just be always addressed like PG and so I thought that was neat. Um, so the most important question, are you on Strava?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so we can, so we
3: can track your your deliveries. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was a very early adopter on truck. Okay. I think so I've been do, on there you know, since like twenty twelve. You,
3: do you plan your route based on what segments you can you can crack?
1: No. So there's a couple of people in town that are really fast now. So they just take all my QOMs anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't give them any ammunition. All right. <laughs>
3: We can, wow. We We're not okay. gonna name them. We can track your deliveries on Strava, though. Yeah.
1: Rapping yeah. Up. Actually, I normally like uh, title my ride. You know, like Stoke Signal
0: deliveries or something like that.
1: But, yeah, I'm on there.
0: Wow. Well, so yeah, we'll have to. I, I don't. I don't post on Strava too often. I'm on there. Uh, I'm a follower. I'm not a. Um, You're a lurker. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't <laughs> even say I lurk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm on. I, I post occasionally. It's just another social media format that, um, you know, it's yeah not worth getting into. At least from you know at least now, like I don't really train, right? We have this conversation, you know. So you aren't you aren't really a runner. Yeah, I'm not really a runner. (laughs) So right now I'm just kind of running, and so uh, I think you know the bell lap, which is always, um, you know, we talked about this, Elizabeth. Um, we, we like to cover a book, mm-hmm. and so uh when you had mentioned you know that you you wanted to cover scratch lab's cookbook um, it it you know which I had contacted a friend uh, Jason donald who he he used to he used to live in Boulder and he worked for Scratch Labs, but now he lives in Wyoming, which you know, maybe we'll hook him up with Jonesy. I think he lives in Bozeman somewhere, you know, and so uh, this is our second cookbook that we've that we've yeah covered. Um, athletes have to eat too. Yeah, and so athletes
1: love to eat.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I view eating in a different context. I you know, I eat when I get hungry and and when I don't it could be thursday and you know or I sunday i don't have that problem Not so really. yeah uh but elizabeth picked um <clears throat> or chose to go a scratch labs cookbook um the feed zone
1: yeah yeah so this cookbook is all portable food so um being a cyclist we go on really long rides four six eight hours and um I personally get really tired of just pre-packaged food. So energy bars, um, gels, stuff like that, really anything that's sweet, I get kind of tired of it. So um, this book's really great because it has a lot of just real food, portable recipes that you can pick savory or sweet. I'm more on the savory side, but um, uh, one of the things I really like in here, and I do this for breakfast also, is these little egg cups. And so you just basically take a muffin, muffin tin, um, crack some eggs in there, put cheese, bacon, really whatever you got in the Good fridge. Stuff. Put Good it in stuff. the oven and uh, you know, pull it out of your jersey pocket when you get hungry instead of something sweet. Um, till it works for breakfast too. So is that, the
0: topping sweat?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's it's salt. Toping. It's just salt. It's just salt. Yeah, right.
1: it, it's just you electrolytes. To, you got to put that back in there You don't have somehow. to put salt <laughs>
3: on your food because you get it out of your jersey. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Seasoning.
3: Uh, well, that actually comes back to a question I was thinking when you were talking about the Dirty Kansas, is, is what do you eat when you're out there for 200 miles on a bike? Do you, uh, so, do you, do you bring your food with you, or do you stop at aid stations?
1: Yeah, so Dirty Kansas is kind of um, special because it's, it's supposed to be self-supported, but you can bring a crew, and they can meet you at, this year it was two spots, last year it was three. So um, the first aid station was at 65 miles, and... Really, for that whole day, I survived on um, a pretty high-calorie drink mix, and then a pretty high-calorie electrolyte drink mix. Okay,
3: so you weren't you weren't eating stuff from the cook. I was
1: actually yeah. not. Um, just for two hundred miles and fourteen hours, my stomach starts to uh, get not a little cooperate sour. With you. Yeah. yeah. So I was just trying to do liquid, and then supplement. You know, if I felt hungry, but I never never felt hungry. So. I think the, the process worked. But on a normal day, I would I would eat real food.
0: Like, you know, you'd stop and, you know... Again, this is like... I mean, Ethan's run some longer races, like 50 miles. Like, I've not done that. So the concept to me is completely new. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, I don't have any... You yeah. know, I don't eat before I run. I don't...
1: Yeah, that's actually... You know. So transitioning from running into cycling, that was one of the toughest things to deal with is people kept telling me I had to eat and I was like I'm I'm a runner you know we don't eat an hour before we don't eat during we eat after yeah. they're like no 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 no. you gotta learn how to eat so that was one of the first things you had to learn
0: so it, how like you know I guess you know we went from the cook you know we're going from the cookbook and we're transitioning into something different but um how do like how do how do you teach your body to do that
1: you just gotta do it I know, you know, you kind of go advice. through uh, a, yeah, advice. If you go you through, have just gotta do it. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll bonk a couple of times and then you'll realize I got to figure out something I can eat and get through the ride.
3: So I used to, I used to not be able to eat within probably about four hours of a run That's oh, when wow. I was in college. Yeah. If I, if I, uh, we had workouts at four thirty every day, so I'd have to eat early. Otherwise I would have, have trouble. And then I got, when I was in the Navy, our schedules were set. But they would change from day to day, depending on how your students wanted their classes to go. And so every Monday, we would go to Mo's for Mo Monday. Welcome I'd, to Mo's. I would always get a you know a home wrecker or whatever, and then uh, every once in a while, I'd have a buddy call me up right after we got back from Mo's and said, "I got a study hall. You want to go for a run?" And that was how a, I learned yeah. to yeah. do it. So I can I can basically run on a full stomach at any time now
0: because I learned how to run with Mo's in my in my belly. Wow. Yeah, the only place I'm running is to a uh, closed <laughs> and caption place after I eat most. But uh, interesting, you know, there's, you know, hopefully I think, uh, you know, I'm sold, no pun intended, on Stoke Signal. I think the socks are fantastic. And, you know... Uh, not to go off on a tangent because we're not we're, we're not very stylistic here I mean you know Ethan's in sweatpants and a t-shirt although it's rabbit gear uh, it so that true. helps but they're very stylish which I like uh, Jones I, get, I always give Jonesy a hard time because he's always got styling socks and half the time they're Stoke Signal socks and so um, like I said I wore my pair earlier this week super comfortable um, but I do like the fact that They style a little bit so that, you know, helps Mm -hmm. some. You know, when I'm trying to like, you know, even though I wear tie-dyes and dirty (laughs) jeans all the time. uh, It's cool to have fashionable socks. Uh, Hopefully, we'll have you on here at some point sooner rather than later when maybe Stokes Signal is in the (laughs) long run. For now, now, the website is... It's stokesignal.com, yep. And you'll, you know... Hand deliver on two wheels, you know, to the mailbox.
1: I'll try my hardest. You'll try your hardest. I'll try ha- my hardest to get my ear socks to you by bike.
0: Well, fantastic! You know, it's been a, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've seen you. Like it, the last time wasn't at a certain location, but we'll keep that for another time, another place. But um, <laughs> it's good to have you here. Uh, I think. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, it was fun so. You know, unfortunately, you know. Hopefully, you can get that, you know, little, big printout, whatever the hell they call it, that, uh, you know, over at UT that you. Oh, can, Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. My picture. Shoot, yeah. I don't your have picture. any pictures
1: of me steepling.
0: How do you not have a picture? I don't know. Really? Well, Donald. Like, Maybe Don, You know, talk to Thomas. So we ran on like, Thursday. Don Thomas is retiring you know quote however you want how are we yeah. want to phrase that <laughs> so, so yeah so maybe you talk to Donna Thomas she'll get you that uh, you know <laughs> thanks, so, for, thanks yeah. for coming on the show
1: thank you thank you for having me. I had a blast yeah <laughs>
0: good to see you Elizabeth